everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again, to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. It's me, Kelly O, and today it's just me. It's a Kelly O solo show. And today I want to talk to you all about something I started chatting with my audience about on Instagram, and that is this myth around spot reducing. Um, Believe it or not, in 2020, there, there's just still a ton of misinformation out there in the fitness space. I see it all the time on Pinterest. Um, I certainly see it in magazines. Um, it's just in media across all categories. And that is, you know, for those of you that are like spot reduction, what does she mean by that? I'm talking about when you see things on Pinterest, um, for example, um, do you have that lower belly pooch? Do these exercises to whittle down your waistline and get a flat tummy? Um, or do you want arms like Jennifer Aniston? I still see this one a lot. Or, or you know, insert whatever celebrity is cool or hot at the moment. Do you want Angelina's jo- Angelina Jolie's arms? Do these six exercises for toned arms in two weeks. Um, one of my favorite ones from the past would be something along the lines of um, it's pool party season. Get, you know, pool party ready in two weeks with these exercises that will flatten your stomach and tone your tone your arms. And, you know, then I have had conversations truly the past week, which is the impetus for why I decided to finally record a podcast on this. I've had conversations with five or six women, um, three or four of them are women that I coach, uh, for their fitness and weight loss. I coach them personally. So this came up in our conversations and then had a couple of people actually write me privately on Instagram because of posts that I'd put up. And I was sharing with a couple of these ladies, one of the women that I talked to this morning, you know, I put up a post saying, Hey, you know, sharing my progress how much I'm, you know, leaning out, liking that I'm I'm leaning out, I'm losing weight. And the reason I want to make two points here. Whenever I share my progress on social media, 
and and what inevitably will happen now i don't know if it's camera angles or whatever i don't photoshop myself um to to look slimmer do i when i put posts up um sometimes if i'm putting up a post of myself on um my blog do i use i absolutely use lightroom and will you know sometimes like if i have a pimple or like my like my neck has a wrinkle on it I don't like, will I use the, you know, touch up there where it makes it look a little bit more attractive? Absolutely. But I don't, I, I will tell you this without question. Never have I ever, 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 and nor will I Photoshop or Lightroom myself to look better on social media, to look thinner or whatever. And that's just my pride. I don't really want to look, you know, I could make myself look like I have a 14 inch waist and you know quadruple d boobs and a kim kardashian but but if i meet you in person you would know in two seconds that's not me i don't look like jessica rabbit (laughs) so i i've never really understood people that photoshop themselves to that degree i mean even when like i gave you the example a few minutes ago if i'm going to do a lightroom on a picture of myself you know i'm more like trying to get rid of there i'm thinking of Steve took pictures of me when we were at this hotel. Um, we did a staycation downtown San Antonio. And a lot of the pictures when they came out, you could you could tell my face was shiny and I was sweaty. So I did the soften to make that shininess go away, the sweatiness look go away. Um, I try to not make myself look so Photoshopped that when people see me, they're like, Ugh. I thought you were 25. <laughs> you definitely look all of your 51 years. I try to just, you know, keep it real. But a lot of times when I share posts on social media, I get a lot of comments from people who who seem to think, so I do this for for balance and for clarity because I don't want to mislead people. A lot of people will write to me and go, you don't look like you need to lose any weight. What are you talking about? And it it concerns me that some people will think, that I'm talking about losing 20 pounds and I'm talking about dieting and I'm you know, sharing my picture and they think I don't need to lose weight. So therefore they think I'm sending out unhealthy messages. That's when I will do what I did earlier this week, which prompted the response I'm going to share with you from one of my followers, actually two of my followers. I was showing people the progress that I was making. And honestly, I was, I was very encouraged by what I was seeing in the mirror. But Because I know people will immediately say, why are you talking about losing weight? You don't need to lose weight. You don't need to lose any fat. Why do you talk about that? I showed people, I said, now for those of you guys who think I don't have fat to lose, I am not being unreasonable. And I was showing, I'm like, here's this back fat. You know, that's where I actually carry a lot of my fat is the back fat above my bra. And I was showing that and actually pinching the fat above my bra to show people, you know, again, everybody can carry fat in different ways. And and that's why being aware of your body, self-aware is key because fat can creep on in some sneaky places. It doesn't always have to be rolls around your middle. You know, it can be in your upper thighs. It can be in your arms. It can be in sneaky areas where then suddenly you realize it when you're 20 to 25 pounds overweight, not three to four pounds overweight. So I was making that point and I had several people private message me and say, essentially I'm paraphrasing. They were saying, can't you just do exercise A, B, and D to get rid of that fat? And I'm putting in a long pause there on purpose 
because this is what made me think about all of those examples I shared with you at the beginning of this episode about spot reduction, about, oh, hey, do you not like your arms? Do you have jiggly fat on your arms? Well, just do these. I mean, I see stuff like this in Cosmopolitan, Glamour Magazine, these types of magazines all the time. Do you not like your arms? Do you want toned arms? Do this for 30 days and your arms, you'll have ripped arms. Okay, here's the problem with all of this misinformation, all of these myths that are still out there that are believed by so many people. It doesn't mean that the people that believe them are stupid. It really, really doesn't. There's there's so much information like this that's floating around. How can you not believe it to be legitimate? Well, once you've been doing enough studying. And and for me right now, I'm at the very beginning phases of studying to get my um, personal training certification. So I'm doing a lot of studying on anatomy and muscle development and strength training and all of that. But I've also been just studying this as an avid consumer fitness fanatic for years. I've also had the privilege of interviewing quite a lot of amazing uh, professionals who have been on this show. So I have a better understanding of your average consumer. I get that. That's why I want to share this with you. Because ladies, if you have these trouble spots that so many women do, the the typical trouble spots that I hear, and some of these are are mine as well, um, typical trouble spots for women where they tend to hold fat, it can be on their arms. They don't like that, you know, when they wave, they've got the arms, arm fat underneath that's moving when they wave, right? Um, A lot of women have back fat where, you know, you put on a tight sports bra and you've got like it, that's definitely my sore spot. I put on a sports bra and it's above. So it's not necessarily below the sports bra line, like in the torso area. That's, I would say my secondary area that I'm looking to lean out. But for me, it's, um, you know, think about in the back of the armpit area, above the bra line back there. It's like the, what do they call it? Like chicken wings? <laughs> I... I despise it. There's not a strong enough way for me to describe how much that area of fat bothers me. And it's so sneaky because I think that's the area where people can gain weight and they're not realizing it because it's not in the typical spots like where we all recognize it in our tummy. Now that's another trouble spot for women, for men as well. But I I, I feel like men tend to, when they gain weight around their middle, they They don't have the belly pooch. Like women will get it a belly pooch where it's below the belly button. And it's it's like an area, a very small area. Men tend to gain it like I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, they almost look like they're pregnant when they really start to gain weight around their middle. So it's their whole core core area, their whole torso, where women get that lower belly pooch below the belly button and above the nether regions, if you will. Um, So typical trouble spots for women, back fat above the bra line, um, arm fat, back fat, and then that belly pooch. And then lastly, I would say this as well. And certainly this has been a a trouble spot of mine since high school. Um, I have saddlebags. I have that upper thigh fat. Um, So these are areas where Women will typically complain about these areas. Doesn't mean they will all have all of them. Some women will say, oh, I hate my saddlebags and that belly pooch. Someone will say, oh, I just hate this fat on my arms and the belly pooch. It it doesn't really matter. But these are areas of the body that even in a woman who is 
you know, if you look at her, maybe she's wearing a size eight or a 10. She's your typical average woman. She's not somebody that strikes you as, wow, she needs to lose weight. But she has these spots, right? These spots that are bothering her. Now, here's another important point, because this is what a lot of women don't realize. When you have trouble spots like that, in our minds, we can think that that's the like that's the only unfit part of us. And we just, we wish that we could get rid of our thighs, right? We wish that we could get rid of those, that, that, that upper thigh fat, or we wish we could just tone our arms. But if you have a better understanding that when you're carrying fat in those areas, it's probably not just in those areas. You probably have extra fat elsewhere, but you might be a person like me. I, I've never gained fat in big roles and I've been you know, I'm five, five. Okay. Um, my, my ideal weight is 138 to 140. That's when I was at my happiest. And that's actually the weight that I'm aiming for. I'm going to be starting to weigh myself again. Uh, this week, I kind of started weighing myself every day and was posting it. And then I stopped for a while. Um, and I'm going to be getting back to it because my man and I are both doing it. But um, the last time I was weighing myself, I was around uh, 157. So I am just under 20 pounds over my ideal weight. I have been as heavy as 178. And so I'm sharing that with you historically to say, I know what my body feels like and looks like when I'm 178, when I'm 158, when I'm 138. Okay. And, and frankly, I think I was as slim as 120 after I had mono. And I was really, really, really too slim at that point. What I'm saying is all of you ladies out there who think, oh, God, you know, I've got this spot on. I, I just want to get this rid of this fat on my thighs or I just want to get rid of this belly pooch, whatever. It would serve you better to understand that if you're carrying fat in the in those areas, you more than likely have more fat just evenly distributed all over the rest of your body than you give yourself than you're giving yourself credit for. And and I don't bring that up to make you feel like, oh crap, I'm in a worse spot than I thought. It's just that if we can get a better understanding that, you know. Fat creeps into our lives and on our bodies in a very slow, creepy way. I said that it creeps onto our body in a slow, creepy way. Okay, but it really does. And it's usually not until we get it in a spot where we notice it enough that we're we're paying enough attention. Like we don't notice it as it's slowly creeping on. We notice it when, oh crap, my thighs are really a lot bigger because you go to put on shorts that you were wearing last summer and they don't fit anymore, okay? So number, there's two things up front I wanna, that are gonna help you understand your body and, and understand why you need to have a more comprehensive approach to losing weight and getting fit. So if you have a trouble spot like fat on your arms, fat on your back, fat on your belly, one of these quote unquote trouble spots, it's probably not that you just suddenly gained five pounds of fat in your upper thigh. You've probably gained weight everywhere. It's just that you, and again, this is coming from my layperson's stand. This is my Kelly Alexa point of view. This is not scientific. Um, you know, you probably just have more fat cells there that just tends to be where you gain more fat. It doesn't mean that that's the only place you've gained it. So the bottom line is when you have an area of fat that's really jiggly, 
You've gained weight elsewhere. You've gained weight, period. And stop thinking that it's just in one spot. What that means is you've put on some weight, you need to lose some weight. And yes, it is presenting itself and you definitely have more of it in one area, but stop thinking, oh, I'm just going to focus on my arms. I just want to tone my arms. Your body doesn't work that way. Okay. And I was actually using two examples that are, (laughs) this won't surprise you at all, a little superficial to make this point. I'm going to use teeth and I'm going to use skin because there's a lot of misleading information about, well, potentially more so beauty and skincare than there is necessarily about teeth. But let's use these two examples of how you can improve your teeth or how you can improve your skin. And when you understand the the two different approaches there, the two primary different approaches, and how different they are, how these different approaches create different results in improving your teeth or your skin, I think you'll start to understand similarly how this works in getting fit and, and how it's it's like when you look at, I'm going to do these exercises to tone my, get rid of this belly fat. You'll realize like, wait a minute, that's like the wrong procedure. Okay. So let me explain these two procedures first, and I'm going to tie it back as I close up to losing fat and spot reduction. Okay. So let's talk about teeth first. What are the two primary things that you can do to improve the, the appearance of your teeth? This is fresh on my mind. And actually this guy is going to be on our podcast um, because my friend Whitney Jones just had her teeth completely redone by this brilliant uh, dental uh, a practitioner. That's probably not the best way to say it. Dentist, uh, magician. I'm going to call him that. He does extraordinary work in Dallas. Um, and he's going to be on the show because I have wanted to get some really fantastic dentists on the show. Because if you're like me and you're terrified of going to the dentist, but you want your teeth to look better, um, I would like to have some of these experts on the show to talk about what to look for, how to choose the right dentist, and then what types of procedures are out there to beautify our mouth, but also look appropriate at certain ages. I think it's really sad when you see somebody who's like 70 and they get their teeth so perfect and straight and overwhelmingly white that it just looks awkward. You know, like your teeth at 70 are not going to look that way. Anyway, I digress as usual. When you're getting ready to make it, when you want your teeth to look better, there's typically two ways to make those pearly, pearly whites inside of your mouth look better. It's either going to be from a whitening perspective. You, your teeth are discolored. They have um, plaque on them. They have buildup. They have, you know, parts that have been chipped away. Um, but, but it's more from a color Um, aesthetic perspective. And then there's the how your teeth are lined up in your mouth, the alignment of teeth, the physical alignment of the teeth. What you do to fix the alignment of your teeth, like think about Invisalign or braces back in the day, anything of that nature. If you put those physical measures in place to straighten those teeth out, if you're pulling teeth out and moving teeth around and blah, 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 that's not going to whiten your teeth. What you need to do to whiten your teeth is a completely different process than what you do to straighten your teeth. Okay. So you, if, if you went in and you wanted to um, whiten your teeth and you got braces, 
you would come out going, oh, well, that's nice. My teeth are straighter, but they're still yellow. I don't understand. And that dentist would probably explain to you, well, you need, you know, some whitening, you need veneers, you need this or that or the other. There are two different practices. Similarly, in the context of skin, this is one of the biggest misunderstandings out there. Again, why I'm having a lot of experts on the show in this area. Um, we see a lot of advertisements out there for skincare, over-the-counter skincare, infomercial skincare, the latest celebrity skincare line, and they'll say this is going to lift your chin, this is going to firm up the neck, you know, the skin on your neck, this is going to, um, you know, brighten your eyes, you're going to look, you know, younger in three days, or blah 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 blah. What you put on your skin topically is not going to be able to provide the same. And again, it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with teeth. What you put on your skin topically is very similar to what I said in the tooth context of whitening your teeth. It's a, it's a superficial topical thing, right? It's not the same as physically changing the structure and the gravity of your face, right? To do that, you need to either on the extreme side, have surgery, you know, a facelift. Um, there's all kinds of surgical procedures one can have. Um, Botox, fillers, those are things that, that also affect the architecture of the face. When you're injecting fillers into the face, it's like adding air into a balloon. It changes the, the, the dimensions of that balloon because you're filling it up with more matter. And that's going to change that you know, that balloon shape. If you have a saggy balloon and you don't put the air in it, but you put, you know, some marker on the outside, it still is going to be a saggy, wrinkly balloon. It's just going to have marker on it. So do you see how similarly it's the same thing? You want to change the structure of that balloon, but unless you inject the air into that balloon, you could put all the things on top of it, meaning the skincare but it, it's ultimately over time still going to be a saggy, wrinkly balloon. It needs more air. The architecture of that balloon needs to change. Same thing with the teeth. If, if you want your teeth to be really, really um, white, that's one thing. But if you want your teeth to be straight, you can put all the whitening stuff on your teeth you want. It's not going to straighten out your teeth. Let's tie this back to spot reduction and close the loop. Okay. So if you have fat on your arms, you can do 8 billion different moves with weights and build muscle, and you will build muscle. Don't get me wrong. You will absolutely build muscle. I am not saying that, you know, like the woman that wrote me today, she said, can't you do X, Y, and Z exercise for your back? Won't that build up your back and get rid of that fat? Well, it will build up my back. It will build up those muscles, absolutely. But even though we all know that strength training builds muscle and that muscle is, is paraphrasing here, burning fat, you know, while you sleep, it's working for you while you're out of the gym. It's not as simple as, oh, I'm going to go do some one-armed rows and underhand rows and lat pulldowns at the gym. And without changing my diet or being in a caloric deficit, I'm going to lose that fat. It doesn't work that way. Building muscle does not automatically chisel the fat off. They're two, generally speaking, this is Kelly Alexa paraphrasing, two generally speaking different processes, okay? To lose the fat, you've got to look at your muscle is underneath your fat, okay? So 
working your muscle, that's great. But think of it as like, you know, that's layer number two. The layer on top, if you want to change the fat that is on top that's wiggling when you, you know, wave your arm, if you want to get rid of and thin out your thighs, it doesn't mean, you know, you can go to the gym and do all of the leg presses and stationary lunges and, um, you know, walking lunges and, and build up the most beautiful quads and hamstrings underneath. But if you don't change your diet and start to lose fat everywhere, you're still going to have that extra fat on there. They're, they're two separate processes. And so when I see things where they're like, oh, do you have a belly pooch? Do these moves to get rid of your belly pooch. It absolutely fundamentally does not work that way. And I do also want to make sure that I caveat this on the side. When you are building muscle, you will, um, and again, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to proffer myself as a trainer or a nutritionist. I don't want to tell you, this is just me giving you I'm paraphrasing what I know to be true. So do your own research, understand I'm not a I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, I'm not a dietitian, but I also know that what I'm saying is pretty spot on here, okay? When you're building muscle, inevitably that muscle, you know, your muscle starts to work for you and it will end up contributing to fat loss, but it also doesn't work that way from a spot reduction perspective. So please don't waste your time. Don't think that if you have a tummy bulge, you're going to do 800 crunches every night and that's going to get rid of that tummy bulge. Crunches don't get rid of tummy bulge. Diet gets rid of tummy bulge. Doing all of the, you know, different five pound weight, you know, Tracy Anderson methods or heavy lifting, it's not going to spot reduce the fat on your arms. If you have fat on your arms, you probably have fat elsewhere in your body. You need to be on a diet in a caloric deficit for a certain amount of time and keep doing the strength training because it's going to work for you. Here's the beautiful thing about strength training people. Even though this whole concept of spot reduction doesn't work, you strength train no matter what, and you strength train your whole body. You focus on everything. Don't just focus on your favorite body parts that you love to, to train. I did that for years. Focus on the whole body because then as you lose weight, you unveil this beautifully chiseled body underneath. And it really is a pretty cool process because for years and years and years, I was starting to lift weights and really focus on strength training, but I wasn't focused enough on my diet and so I didn't see it. I wasn't seeing my arms get ripped. And then when I started combining the right kinds of cardio, intermittent fasting, and then doing what I'm doing now, cycling my calories, doing some intermittent fasting in there as well, and being in a caloric deficit, that's when the fat starts coming off. And that's when you start seeing the muscle. It's such a beautiful process. So you really have to take a step back and say, okay, spot reduction, doesn't work. It doesn't work conceptually. It doesn't work when you break it down. But what does work is having a comprehensive long-term approach to creating your most beautiful body. And here's the beautiful thing. It can happen at any time. So for you ladies that are listening, if you're 40, if you're 35, if you're 25, if you're 28, if you're 52, if you're 60, you can get your best body and keep chiseling it. I sometimes I I don't want to use those because then people think we're talking about like just getting ripped. You don't always have to get focused on getting ripped and getting onto like a 15% body fat. Not everybody needs or wants that. I just mean like you can always be creating a stronger, more lean, more powerful, um, you know, uh, better able to perform body with each passing 
year, frankly. I'm 51 and I'm getting in the best shape of my life. I am more liking how I look in the mirror from a, you know, my face perspective, from an anti-aging perspective with my body. And, you know, one of the next shows that you're going to see go live this week, I'm going to be talking about hormones because for everybody that's listening to this, if you're getting excited and you're starting to understand this as a concept, but you're like, wow, I've really been trying to work out hard and I'm having a challenge. There is something that is equally as important for everybody to know. And that is the importance of hormonal balance. And if you're, you haven't started down that road, we need to get you started down that road because it is life-changing. But make sure that's going to be my next Kelly O solo. So make sure you tune into that episode. But I think and I hope that I've covered this topic well enough that it should give most of you who have had a misunderstanding about this topic a good enough concept of, of hey, I've been thinking this. I've been, I've been viewing this the wrong way. Now I have a better understanding. Now I can adjust. If you have questions on this, I'm happy to field them. Um, head on over to kellyalexa.com, fill out the contact me form, and I will get back to you as best that as I as I can. Um, if you would like to, you know, if you're super frustrated and you would like to take things up a notch and work with me directly um, to not only help you understand this, but also develop a customized eating plan for you, a a caloric deficit-based diet plan and a workout plan and potentially consult with you about hormones, getting your hormones straightened out. I'm not the one to do it, but I'll get you with an integrative medicine doctor that can help you as as well as just answer questions about my personal experience um, in changing my life with, with hormones. I know I would not be in the position I am now at age 51 to say, Wow, look at how I'm changing my body. Look at the great shape I'm getting into. Look at how um, how great my sleep is, how wonderful you know my sex life is, my libido, my energy. All of those things are that way because my hormones are balanced. If they weren't, I would be in a much different position. So you know, certainly anybody who's age 30 plus, because yes, our hormones are starting to change a lot earlier. In fact, if you go listen to my interview with Lori Christine King, um, she I think she's just past 30. Her hormones started changing when she was, you know, early, mid 20s. Um, So hormone balance is not just for, you know, when you're 50 plus or 40 plus. Um, Hormones can sadly start getting unbalanced um, a lot earlier in our lives due to a lot of factors. But I'll cover that again in the next show. Um, So make sure you tune into my show coming up on hormones, everything you need to know about hormones, why you need to be addressing them, and we'll cover that. But again, Just to wrap up, if you would like to work with me one-on-one, please, again, just go to kellyalexa.com, fill out the contact me form, um, and tell me what you're looking to accomplish. And We can schedule a 10-minute consultation call and decide uh, if it's a good fit for us to work together. I'll let you know what my different packages are and so on and so forth because this is something I'm very passionate about, and I'd be right in there working with you on a day-to-day basis. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope this show was helpful. Please pass it on and share with your other female friends who maybe are falling for a lot of the media messages that are out there about spot reduction. If they want to hear this, if you think that they would benefit, please pass it on. Um, Hopefully you are subscribed. If you are not subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, Spotify, make sure you are subscribed there. And if you can, I would sincerely appreciate a five-star review on your podcast listening platform of choice. That helps our show get seen and heard by more people who can benefit from this fantastic information that we're putting out on a regular basis. Also make sure, as I mentioned before, the show notes are always 
always available at thekellyoshow.com and at kellyalexa.com is where you can subscribe to my newsletter, which we will be uh, restarting. I haven't been doing a newsletter for a while, um, but now that I'm back to blogging, I'm going to be getting out a weekly newsletter, and I think you guys will really enjoy that. So make sure you're subscribed again over at kellyalexa.com, and you'll find the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Take care.